Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. Hey guys, so just a quick overview here on Panthera Advisors, as I think it might be of value to you. So Panthera Advisors exist in order to help founders that are in the process of raising capital or get their company acquired. I actually started the company out of incredible frustration because during my entrepreneurial journey, which involved building, financing, scaling, and exiting companies, I could not find a resource that was founder-friendly and I could not get the type of support that I was seeking. So as a result, I made a ton of mistakes along the way. So if you're looking to raise capital, or you are looking to get your company acquired, or just need some sound financial planning, and you're looking to get the best possible outcome in the shortest period of time, feel free to learn more by visiting us at pantheraadvisors.com, or just reach out directly and shoot me a note at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to the Deal Maker Show. So today we have a founder that I think he has quite an interesting story to tell. I mean, he's built several companies, uh, grow them, exited them, I mean, you name it. Uh, and I think that we're going to really learn a lot as well because he actually got involved as an entrepreneur before even startups were fashionable. So I guess without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest today and I don't want to make anyone else wait any longer. But let's welcome our guest today, Sandeep Akaraju. Welcome to the show. Leandro, thank you so much for having me out here. Uh, really appreciate this opportunity. So originally you were born and raised in India, but I know that you grew up there in different spots. So how was life growing up there? Well, India in the 70s, 80s was uh, uh, definitely a very fascinating place. Um, and uh, you know, back, back, back in those times, I, I wanted to be a musician. Um, and, uh, my, my family, again, my, my dad was an entrepreneur, uh, my grandfather, grandmother were entrepreneurs as well. Um, my grandparents in the, uh, in the health sector and rebuilding, uh, the country's infrastructure in the post-colonial era. And, uh, similarly, my, my dad, uh, was an entrepreneur in the, in the tech space, um, back in the eighties. So, um, it certainly kind of, I mean, you know, a lot of playing cricket, a lot of playing uh, uh, music and, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in being in bands and uh, wearing your hair long and doing the rebellious thing back in the uh, 70s and 80s. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and I guess uh, from seeing your family, you know, having that entrepreneurial drive, what, what did you learn? I mean, what, what, what kind of influence you got or, or, or some insights that, you know, one day you would apply? You know, I think um, with with clearly, uh, you know, with my with my grandparents. I mean, this was uh, post colonial India. I mean, you know, the British had left the country in shambles, and and there was a big drive to rebuild the country. And and I think my my grandmother was a was a freedom fighter, um, and both of them were really involved in in setting up a hospital. Uh, she was a nurse. She was a doctor uh, to really kind of, I mean, uh, to to help the underserved and the poor. And, um, uh, and and they kind of, I mean, dedicated their life to that cause. And and my father, uh, clearly, um, he was uh, involved in the early uh, space programs within India, uh, actually the first satellite uh, launches. And then he went on to do his own 
his own company. And I, I think the key takeaway out here is is, is really about um, you know is 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 building something that kind of serves people. And, and that was a that was something that was drilled into me. Uh, you know, those who give in a lot, uh, there's a lot expected. Um, so I mean, that was kind of a uh, the ethos that I was kind of I mean, brought up with. And uh, as a child, I wanted to be a mu- musician. And, uh, you know, it's uh, um, clearly, um, I think, uh, that creativity out there and, and, and the, the act of creating uh, was an important aspect of uh, my youth growing up and uh, I think still plays a, a, an, an important influence in my life. So obviously engineering was the influence and the passion that really got you into cutting your hair and putting your guitar aside. So, so how did you develop the love for engineering, Sandeep? <laughs> you, you know, I think I was kind of more of an accidental engineer. I mean, I think um, part of it uh, is uh, clearly, I mean, you know, uh, there's uh, creativity is one thing, but I think... Uh, Lack of talent is another one, and sometimes you need to know uh, when to fold your cards. And 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 really, um, I, I think uh, you know my background in, in physics and engineering uh, kind of, I mean, you know, took took forefront, uh, you know, uh, quite late in my life. Um, I really uh, think of myself as a as an accidental um, engineer. So how how do you end up in in Boston? I mean, tell us, how do you go all the way from India? I mean, obviously, you got your MBA later from INSEAD, and, and you also studied in Louisiana, but how do you land in Boston? Sure. I mean, I ended up in, in, in Louisiana at that point because I it really wanted to be, uh, you know, I wanted to be close to, uh, close to music. I mean, you know, being, being the birthplace of jazz and blues, I mean, you know, I wanted to be out there. And uh, that's where I ended up with my, with my master's. And... Uh, uh, really, uh, I moved to Boston at that point uh, to to really kind of I mean join literally a garage startup in, in the early nineties. Um, you know, this is as I said, uh, you know, before before startups were fashionable, and and this was an MIT um, MIT startup um, that uh, I, I got involved with, at, you know, right at the very beginning, and and uh, helped grow that company. Um, so. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about my background. It just kind of, I mean, seemed like an interesting gig. And um, I think I'm kind of one of those guys who's kind of about all about pulling the strings and see how far how far the journey goes. So, <laughs> um, so it was just kind of on, 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 a, on, a, on a whim that I ended up in Boston. Uh, you know, sometimes it's also meeting the right people and, and making the right connections. And uh, uh, so, Billy, I uh, haven't looked back. So then let's talk about your first baby, intelligence, because obviously, you know, all of these experiences and let's say this, 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 this opportunity of working at a startup, I'm sure that it gave you the idea or the roadmap to really understand that this is something that you could also do yourself. So tell us about how you came up with the idea of perhaps intelligence and how you went about bringing it to life. Sure. I mean, you know, when I uh, clearly at, at uh, IntelliSense, uh, I joined up with, uh, uh, again, uh, with, with Fari Bowers at that point. And Fari Bowers was a uh, brilliant, um, brilliant guy. Um, and, and he had these, you know, really crazy ideas in, in terms of uh, nanotechnology and, and, and uh, micro, micro technology and kind of, I mean, and, and really doing mechanical objects and engines on a chip. Instead of 
electronics on a chip. And, um, and I, I, I found that really fascinating. And, and, and in the early days, this was kind of, I mean, uh, all about writing, uh, uh, you know, DARPA proposals and uh, NSF proposals to get funded. Um, so this was kind of, I mean, a bootstrap venture uh, where, where really, uh, you know, there was really no venture capital in, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in the company. Um, it's early nineties and, and we kind of, I mean, really had to, um, work at it step at a time. And, and, and it's a lot of hard work that goes into it, uh, a lot of dedication and passion. Um, and, 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 and really, um, you know, but the, it was, it was, again, we, we ended up building that company step by step. Um, and, uh, some of the pivotal things, I mean, I remember in 95, 96, I mean, digital equipment. In the Boston area, was going bankrupt, and and we ended up buying a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, really uh, semiconductor equipment off digital at that point, and and setting up our own uh, little foundry to to make our circuits and make our uh, devices, and um, that kind of I mean grew. Uh, we saw the whole internet thing coming, and and we said, hey, uh, this internet thing maybe it, it's it's going to be big one day. Uh, you know, that was the uh, viewpoint back in the 90s, right? I mean, and um, so we focused the company on uh, optical switching, uh, really kind of I mean, create, creating uh, devices for the backbone of the internet uh, that actually kind of I mean, allows the communications. Um, and, uh, you know, the company grew from there and uh, was uh, eventually acquired by, by Corning. Uh, Corning uh, at that point uh, had a really a monopoly in, in all of the uh, optical fiber. And, and really, this was a, a next play for them to, was to actually get into the switching as well. Um, and and that, that was a good exit. Uh, IntelliSense was acquired for about $750 million by, uh, by Carmen. And um, I think what was fascinating is, is, is really uh, the company going from a handful of people uh, to, to a major acquisition I mean, you know, happened over a number of years, and and we had to uh, methodically build it up step by step. A lot of patience, a lot of hard work. Uh, but there's one thing. I mean, you know, those are both both things that uh, I, I I I would say are are things that um, I'm accustomed to. Okay, I, I you know feel like projects that I end up taking up are uh, you know, not about uh, quick exits or Quick, uh, uh, quick turnarounds, but really kind of, I mean, uh, focusing on, on, on tools that can push humanity forward. Uh, and, and that's what I learned at, at, at IntelliSense. So IntelliSense, I mean, it was uh, interesting, the journey there, because obviously as you were, as you were pointing to, I mean, Corning uh, acquired the business at a deal with a deal worth $750 million. So, I mean, quite a... What a great, you know, uh, outcome for for being the first business that you were building. But something interesting happened there. I mean, literally uh, about a year and so into being transitioning into your role now with the acquiring company, Corning, then you decide to reacquire IntelliSense. So tell us about this. Sure. I mean, it was actually a couple of years later. Um, I had taken some time off, uh, wanted to pursue Uh, childhood dreams of uh, of really kind of I mean spending time backpacking. So I 
spent a couple of years backpacking um, and was looking to do something else. And, and, um, and, and here was an opportunity on, on uh, reacquiring uh, the business out of farming. Uh, so, and, and really we, we acquired some of the assets, not all of them. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and again, I mean, you know, that was in, in a 2003 timeframe, uh, that we, we reacquired uh, some of the assets of, uh, uh, off, off, uh, off the business from, from farming. So I ran that for a few years. Um, I think the, the in, in, interesting part of that stint was, was really, again, uh, we felt that, um, you know, in, in anything that you do, you, you've got to kind of, I mean, own, uh, or at least anything that I felt I needed to do, you needed to really kind of, I mean, own the fundamental platforms or the fundamental technologies behind it, which is, which was, I mean, you know, uh, key, key to that acquisition. Um, so, but also I think one of the things that I realized sometimes is, is, um, uh, you know, while while I kind of, I mean, ended up buying that business back and, and running that, I mean, I think the the energy and the the passion that I had when I was younger had kind of, I mean, you know, disappeared a little bit in that in in, in doing the same thing all over again, right? I mean, yeah. sometimes you kind of have to realize that, hey, you know, uh, and 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 kind of, I mean, really pointed out to me, I mean, trying that same playbook all over again didn't make sense. I I think I, I personally need novelty and I need uh, that excitement. Uh, so I kind of, I mean, ended up doing, uh, pursuing other business ideas in parallel, uh, you know, with, 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 with IntelliSense and, 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 and doing other things um, yeah. out there. So uh, it was kind of an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting uh, detour um, to, to the journey out there. And in terms of the journey, I mean, obviously what you did, I mean, you, you did a, a bunch of tests. You see, you know, what, what could be the next chapter. And eventually the next chapter became Jive. So tell us about Jive. Sure. Um, you know, prior to Jive, I mean, I had tried to do another company. But after a year, we kind of, I mean, realized that the fundamental technology was flawed. It wasn't going to work. So I think it was kind of also important as a lesson to kind of know when to, as an entrepreneur, I mean, you know, it's not all about hits. And you also need to know when to, when to, when, when to uh, you know, when not to play your cards. Yeah. Uh, so Jive was uh, really, uh, I think the the uh, the ideas uh, around that uh, were pretty clear. I mean, we saw the whole mobile phone uh, revolution coming down the pipeline. Uh, this was kind of even before the uh, the original iPhone had come down. I mean, you had these uh, early devices like the Nintendo Wii, which had come out, which was kind of using motion sensing. Uh, to play games, and, and you had early GPS devices that had come out at that point, and you had these devices from Nokia and, and, and BlackBerry. I mean, you know, I'm kind of dating myself a little bit out there, but it became clear that uh, you know that motion was going to be a fundamental part of the digital experiences that we were going to have. So, so really, uh, Jive was kind of, I mean, and uh, was about creating the, the fundamental sense of technologies. And um, the uh, around motion and, and motion capture, and uh, what, what was again interesting out there about that is that when you kind of I mean looked at the early gyroscopes and the and the accelerometers, I mean, and all of these motion sensing devices back back in even the uh, you know early two thousands, I mean these were all kind of I mean several thousand dollars and would weigh uh, a few pounds, okay, and. Uh, 
uh, really what we were able to achieve out there was kind of miniaturizing all of that and 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 putting it into chipsets that that go into uh, everything from watches to um, augmented reality virtual reality kind of um, uh, devices that those chips are now going into uh, so um, so I think again I mean if the the idea was was really how do you kind of I mean take motion and and make that widely available to billions of people in terms of motion capture so everything from uh, you know you, exercising or augmenting um, you know experiences for for the disabled to um, you know uh, to, I mean, the application space now right, in terms of what motion sensing is going yeah. uh, is, is just kind of incredible. So I think we, that that entire set of technologies now kind of become a fundamental civilizational layer, right? I mean, you don't even think twice about it. I mean, you know, when you got your first iPhone, it was novel that it could switch between a portrait mode and a landscape mode. I mean, now you don't even think about those kind of things, right? Or, or things that you had in a Wii or now in, on you know, uh, every iPad and every every phone. So, and that's really kind of, I mean, what what we I think about as, as technology kind of, I mean, disappearing and becoming a, a civilizational layer. And, so, and, in, yeah, go ahead. And that's what we kind of, I mean, you know, are also intending to do here at, at Echo. So, in in this case with with Jive, I mean, what what ended up being, happening because obviously. You know, you, you, this is a business that you were with for about a couple of years, uh, but then it ended up getting acquired. So, so why did you guys push for an acquisition here? Again, I mean, this was the, the you know, what, what became clear for us, as, you know, is to, uh, in, in, at least in the mobile space, uh, it was, it's really difficult for, for smaller players to get large design wins. Okay. I mean, if you're kind of, I mean, supplying into a Samsung or an Android, I mean, you need, a huge amount of manufacturing infrastructure to be able to kind of enable that. Okay, and and in this particular case, I mean, we felt that it was uh, better to uh, merge with a uh, you know a, a, a well-known semiconductor entity rather than kind of I mean going all the way alone. I mean, we were at a point where the the key technology itself was uh, fundamentally um, you know de-risked to a certain degree, and and we wanted to make sure that um, you know we had the right vehicle to be able to get this out to the world. Got it. So obviously this this deal was uh, worth 60 million. So um so good stuff. And then after this you started your most recent company, Echo. So how did you come across this idea and 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 what happened? How how did you go about, you know, executing on it? You know, the the uh, fundamental impetus uh, behind Echo was was really the fact that seventy five percent of the world had, had no access to any medical imaging. Right? There was a World Health Organization report that that came out in, in uh, let's say twenty fourteen uh, kind of a time frame, which really pointed out that that uh, ultrasound could actually become a modality to provide medical imaging to the rest of the world. A here was a modality that was non-ionizing or non-radiated okay but the challenge out there at that point was was and and still is 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 to be able to get to good quality medical imaging you the yeah, the devices uh, are you know, tens of thousands of dollars to hundreds of thousands of dollars okay 
So when and the the key thing for us was, you know, we had the skill sets, okay, uh, our background to be able to really focus on 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 miniaturizing these systems. Okay, and I think my background in uh, nanotechnology, semiconductors, software, um, really kind of, I mean. Uh, pointed out that that hey there may be a path forward out here to to really change the economic paradigm of these kind of devices okay and the idea was quite simple is it's how do you take these high priced uh, equipment and provide the same image quality in in a in a in a device that would actually be in your pocket okay and if you also look at ultrasound today i mean these are kind of i mean have hundreds of buttons lot of knobs, really complicated devices to even use. So the idea was, was how do you kind of, I mean, A, change the uh, economic paradigm, okay, by making this a few hundred dollars to make and, and maybe a few thousand dollars at price that's about your laptop, but also fundamentally use the same technologies that, that allowed people to kind of, I mean, take, um, you know, what, what used to be a a single lens reflex camera, right? I mean, with a lot of buttons and knobs and, and really kind of, I mean, almost make that into a chip that's not part of your smartphone, right? And, and that is the fundamental modality that everybody uses to take images worldwide. Billions of people use these devices without even thinking about how to, uh, you know, operate the devices. So it was the same thing. It's kind of, I mean, how do we kind of fundamentally change if we could fundamentally change the economic value proposition and the usability value proposition, you could now start putting medical imaging into the pockets of caregivers worldwide. I mean, you know, we're talking about, and, and what's interesting is these are large substantiative markets. I mean, you're talking about, you know, um, over 100 million professionals who could, who could produce these devices. Okay, And ultimately, if we can continue to push this, this could be something that gets into every home. I mean, just like you use, uh, you know, devices in your home. I mean, to scan your forehead, uh, to take your temperature. I mean, we believe these kind of devices are going to be part and parcel of your kitchen cabinet in in, in the uh, years to come. So that was the 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 original idea, and it seemed very powerful to be able to provide an on-demand window into the human body. And, and, and when you look at what we are competing against, right, I mean, you've got a 150-year-old technology in terms of that allows you to listen to what's happening inside a human body. Why not just take a look and see what's happening? I mean, you know, um, so that, so it, it just kind of was this one of those visceral ideas, I think, uh, that, that uh, served as a uh, foundation for Echo. So then, so then, in terms of obviously for something like this, I'm I assume that a little capital is needed. So, how much capital have you guys raised today? <laughs> sure, I mean it is a big idea, um, and 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 we've raised about a uh, about a hundred million today. Yeah. So, so I mean, for this, I mean you 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 had done it a few times already, so you knew perhaps the people that you wanted to surround yourself with. So, why did you end up choosing the investors that that you chose for this journey? You know, I, I I think what's what's important to me is 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 the quality of the dollars, right? I mean, you know, I think everybody kind of I mean talks about smart dollars, but but really for us, 
it was it was about the ecosystem to be able to build a device like this. Okay, I mean, we knew we could not we could not build a device like this or technology like this alone. So we needed fundamental fundamental um, you know de- technology development from everything from uh, fundamental material science to uh, compute side of things, okay, to the manufacturing side of things. So, I mean, I think where we've been really lucky is having um, a early investors who really like bold capital and rising tide, who kind of, I mean, took the original risk on the company that were attracted to big, bold ideas, okay, and, and really uh, on, on, the, on the deep technology side of things. Also, I mean, we've surrounded ourselves with other investors like uh, uh, Intel Capital, Applied Materials, Sony, TDK, GlaxoSmithKline, that are all part of an ecosystem because to fundamentally change and influence uh, medicine at large, we really believe it takes an entire ecosystem as opposed to just dollars. Um, So I think we've been very fortunate to to have... uh, some of the biggest leaders um, in, 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 in terms of consumer electronics, material science, um, uh, that, that are around the table uh, help, helping us out. And, and obviously, you know, one thing that is for sure is that this whole COVID thing has definitely changed the way the hype was and the way the interest and the focus, perhaps, of many investors, you know, how they were going about things. Because before, you know... Uh, you did not have, let's say, doctors and nurses on the covers and the front pages of newspapers. And now it seems that that's the daily norm. So would you say that COVID has pushed, you know, quite a bit the whole segment that you're in? Um, I, th- I think absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's really, I mean, you know, it's changed everybody's perspective, right? I mean, in terms of what being on the front lines means, okay? And it, it really kind of, I mean, you know, and in, in, in today, I mean, the front line, Heroes are are the the doctors, the emergency docs, and the nurses, and uh, the critical care people. And and again, I mean, you know, in, and and our goal out here really is to provide these frontline heroes with tools that can that can actually kind of, I mean, um, you know, allow them to kind of look look at the lungs and uh, determine if there's kind of, I mean, you know, pneumonia. Whether it's a admit or discharge, or you know, make make those kind of I mean, uh, uh, make those decisions on the spot, and I think that's kind of I mean, clearly uh, clearly helped uh, and will help the the adoption of these technologies as well. Right? I mean, you know, fundamentally, everybody's kind of I mean, ha- having to get ha- get used to new ways of doing things, and and we really look at this as. Uh, I mean, it's certainly kind of. I mean, uh, from 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 a company morale standpoint, I mean, it's helped us significantly to stay focused on the end goal, which is which is really about pro, pro, you know providing these uh, these uh, advanced tools. And I guess as we are thinking about impact and future and trends, so imagine you go to sleep tonight, Sandeep, and and you wake up five years later. I mean, imagine tremendous snooze, right? And you wake up in a world where the vision of Echo is fully realized. What does that vision look like, or that world look like? Uh, that, that's a um, 
really, um, really interesting question because I think you know our north star is pretty clear, right? Uh, we are, are we want every caregiver and every clinician worldwide to have one of our devices in their pockets. Okay, I mean this is this is replaces the stethoscope at large, and. You know, and I think in the future we want to make sure that every patient has one, every parent has one in their kitchen cabinet. I mean, I think the world that is transformed is a world that looks at stethoscopes as being antiquated. And when you think, uh, Alejandro, today of what a doctor looks like, right? I mean, you look at the uh, the emoji of a doctor on 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 your phone. It's it's somebody with a stethoscope. And, and hopefully that, that future is going to be uh, everybody with with a device that allows them to look into the human body, okay, as opposed to just hearing that, uh, hearing what's going on inside the human body. So I think that's kind of, I mean, our, where, where we'd like to be able to take that. That is, that is fundamentally the vision, is, is uh, giving people tools that give, that give you an unprecedented um, detail into what's happening inside the body. That's very cool. And so, for example, in this case with um, with Echo, I mean, as we're thinking now about, you know, for example, the 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 the, the future that we're living into, and you know, being able, for example, to do this. What are your thoughts on, for example, like if you had the opportunity, let's say, to go back in time, right, and and ask yourself, or or perhaps you know, like give yourself one piece of business advice, especially knowing what you know now and having done all these different businesses, what would be that one piece of business advice that you would give to your younger self before launching a business and why? Wow, Alejandro, you're big into uh, time travel, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I, I think it would be, it would be simple. I mean, I think for me, um, it's, it's about, really having the courage to go after big ideas okay i think as i get older i realize i mean you know life's short and we have a limited number of hours on this planet right and and um and i think uh um it, it's 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 about going after big ideas that really push humanity forward okay not in a small way but that that you know and and i think we shouldn't be afraid of taking these these big leaps. I think it it was uh, uh, it was Steve Jobs or whoever wrote the ad copy for the Think Different ad, uh, where they say those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do, right? And uh, and I think part of it is about going after big ideas and being patient while pursuing those ideas. Okay, I think. Uh, Startups to me are places where um, where you can't necessarily pursue incrementalism. Okay, that's what big companies are for. If you want to do things incrementally, I mean, you know, go work for a big company, right? I mean, you know, but if you want to do pursue the startups to me have to pursue big ideas. Okay, that's what they're for. It's to push yourself. And, uh, and, and for me, right, I mean, if somebody had told me uh, 20 years ago that 
we'd be kind of, I mean, working on on devices that allow you to kind of, I mean, see into the human body and put it into people's pockets. I would have said it'd be crazy, but here I am doing that because it's it's a you know, I think you you make your own luck, okay. And and as I, um, I think that would be the big th- a big you know takeaway for me is uh, go work on big things, okay, and go after big ideas that that push uh, mankind forward. I love it. Very profound. And lastly, Sandeep, just for, for, for getting a sense on how big Echo is, I mean, anything that you can share along maybe like number of employees or anything else that you think is relevant? Sure. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, I mean, getting to uh, closer to 100 mark in terms of, I mean, number of people, um, you know, in full-time people. So, uh, you know, we're, we're at a point where uh, there's, there's significant uh, uh been behind our sales and um, we are uh, really commencing on the next next part of the journey where uh, we can't wait to get uh, uh, these devices into into the pockets starting next year that's amazing well i look forward to uh, continue tracking your guys's progress uh, sandeep i'll be rooting for you all and and thank you so so much for being on the dealmaker show today hey alejandro thank you so much for uh taking time and uh um, thank you to all the listeners. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.